Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Isn't it good to be thankful? Aren't we incredibly blessed? I'm so thankful for each one of you. Philippians 1 verse 3, Paul's writing to the church and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And we're beginning a new series that we are calling, Are We There Yet? This is our Advent season. This is a place of expectation for us as we're building up to this significant celebration of the birth of Jesus. So this is what we'll be doing over the next four Sundays, is looking to build an expectation for our our longing for Jesus and for his kingdom. Our world and our society and our season of longing. When will life get back to normal? When will this disease end? When will we finally have racial equity? When will this political craziness be over? Like children in the backseat of a minivan on a long road trip, we find ourselves saying, are we there yet? Since the beginning, God's people have always been a people of longing. And we live in this space of, between the promise that we see, many of God's promises for eternity, and their fulfillment that has not fully happened yet. As we enter this season of Advent, we want to give attention to this reality and remember how God has graciously answered our longings with his presence and the gift of his son, Jesus. So from the beginning of our story, from the beginning of life of Abraham until now, this painful waiting has existed. And it's actually a critical core of our life that we live by faith. We see this in the life and the words of David in Psalm 13. So I'm not starting with Luke 2. We're starting back in the Old Testament with Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day I've sorrow in my my heart. How long will my enemies triumph over me? Then David comes to some resolution in his complaining. And says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. This is where we're living as we enter December of 2020. COVID isolation, racial inequity, political craziness. How long are we there yet? Now, there are various types of longing. We see some of this in this passage in Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? We have a longing to feel seen, not forgotten. How long will you hide your face from me? This is a longing for the sense of God's presence. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? This is a longing for the sadness to be over, for the comfort to be full. How long will my enemy triumph over me? There's a longing that the sense of defeat will end. 
Now, we've got all kinds of longings in our lives. We have uh, general negative longings. There are lustful longings that lead to only more emptiness. And there are some normal longings that can become all-consuming. What we think we need and fear we won't get. And these longings that David expressed are not bad. That longing to be seen, the longing for sadness to be resolved. But it can be something that so captures our thinking that it just keeps us stuck. It keeps us in a place of oppression, a dark, hopeless place. But there are actually are longings that build faith and hope. What type of longings could actually strengthen you? Well, the longings of this season of Advent and the expectation of the coming of Jesus can give you strength to make it through, to push forward, to lighten your load. The expectation of gifts can be encouraging. The expectations of a feast or celebration or larger gathering or hope that we could be having that again someday. But there's a greater strength when we tap into God's heart's words and thoughts. This is what hope is. The expectation of the good that's rooted in God's promises and character. So I've got a story for you. December of 94, Susan and I were living in Austin, Texas, and that Christmas we decided to spend with my sister and brother-in-law and their children in Washington, D.C. It's uh, actually just outside of D.C. in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Now, from Austin to D.C. is a 24-hour drive for two guys and a bunch of coffee. But we were making the trip with a three-year-old, an 18-month-old, and Susan was five months pregnant with Joshua. So expectation was happening, but it was a long trip. For us, it was going to take three or four days to get there with stops, diaper change, meals, uh, bathroom stops, all these different things. So in my mind, I was breaking up the trip into milestones. Three hours to Dallas. Two and a half hours to Texarkana, three hours to Little Rock. The first major goal was to make it to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. That's where my parents lived. And we were going to stop there, it was just over halfway, pick them up, get in their Plymouth Voyager minivan, and make the second half of the trip. So we left Austin at four in the afternoon. And the goal was to hit uh, Dallas by just after their peak traffic time so that we wouldn't have to be slowed down by that. We'd find a hotel around midnight just uh, south of Little Rock or we would push on. Now, I don't suggest this, but at midnight we were still excited. So Susan took over the driving and I slept till like 3 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock, I took back over the driving just north of Memphis. So as the sun is coming up, just past 6 a.m., we hit Nashville, which is, it's just another 45 minutes to my parents' house at that time. We were excited. This was, we were pumping. We had made it through the night. We didn't have many stops because the kids were asleep. 
We hugged my mom and dad, had some breakfast, gave them our preschoolers, and we went to bed and slept for a few hours. The next morning, we had a similar plan. We got it all packed in the car, and we were going to drive late or see how far we could make it. So, uh, but that night, it was, the weather started getting bad, so we pulled over and got in a hotel. The morning of the 23rd of December, uh, mid-morning, we took off, and we start heading up toward D.C. About six hours later, we are pulling onto the Beltway around Washington. And what had happened was the snow had begun that morning and was getting worse and worse at every point in time. First, it was just snow kind of spitting with some rain. Then it turns into some sleet. And then we've got full-on snow. By the time we got to the Beltway in Washington, it was dumping down. And we're coming around a city that doesn't have plows, didn't seem to have any salt, and we're in four o'clock traffic before Christmas on the Beltway of Washington. It's 10 miles an hour, stop and go, bumper to bumper. We started getting nervous because the snow kept going deeper and deeper and deeper. We made it around D.C. We finally got off when we're heading through the countryside to my sister's house, and the trees are covered. It's like four inches of snow just over everything. It's gorgeous. But again, no plows, no salt. We are getting in deeper and deeper snow. We finally pull into their neighborhood. We pull into the driveway and we knew, ah, we're stuck. We are not going to be able to get out of this because the snow's dumping down more and more. But we're there. We are there yet. And we go into the house and hug and we had dinner and the house is full of people we loved and it was full of food and we weren't going to go anywhere for the next few days. So uh, we experienced really one of the most wonderful white Christmases Susan and I have ever had. The trip was exhausting, but we grew in strength at each stage. Why? Because we wanted to be over with our family. We want a deep relationship. And just thinking about this trip gave us excitement to push through all the work that needed to happen between Thanksgiving and Christmas. All the effort of the trip was overcome. All of the packing, driving through the night, and pushing through hard weather because of this great expectation we had. So why am I telling this story? This is our personal Christmas story. This is our, our story of, of excitement, of the thrill of uh, this long, <laughs> arduous trip with little bitty guys uh, with a great expectation. And as we look at all the difficulties of this season in our lives, right here around Boston, we need to build a hopeful expectation of the future. So let your, are we there yet, become a longing for Jesus and his kingdom. How long before a vaccine? How long before we don't have to wear masks? How long before my social life is no longer distant? You could say it out loud. You could be like a kid in the back of the minivan. Are we there yet? 
But God's, <laughs> you know, God's not upset that we're expressing our emotions. Just like David in Psalm 13, we can express these negative feelings. However, we need to begin to look for higher longings every stage of the game. So, I want to encourage you. Longing actually expands you. It has a purpose. And as we are experiencing hope for life to get back to normal, we're not longing for a return to the past. We're longing for eternity. So let the longing for not having to wear a mask become a desire for deeper relationship with Jesus. Let that uh, frustration be more, Lord. Change your vocabulary. Change your inner conversation and the words you're speaking and move them to a higher level. Repentance is turning around and going the other direction. So take your mouth, take your words of the why me and self-pity and draw strength from passages like we see in Isaiah chapter 11 about our future, this prophetic word. In the sixth verse, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and the little child will lead them. These enemies, the, the victim and the accuser, the, the, the people who are in pain with each other, God will resolve all of these things. And ninth verse, they will neither harm or destroy on all my holy mountain. For as the earth will be filled with knowledge of the Lord, so the earth will be filled with knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How long before you bring Return and bring ultimate justice, Lord. How long will it be before you bring that ultimate justice to it, Lord? How long before you place your feet on this earth and catch us up in the air? How long, Lord? As we see in, in Revelations 22, some of the last words in the, uh, that book that John speaks out. He cries out, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. The more we focus on the present moment and just our feelings, the more we're blocked from a life of faith. You will always move toward emptiness and loneliness if your life is only for this moment. But in this Advent season, we can go deep in hope and expectation in Jesus every step along the way. There's so many different ways we can do this with Advent calendars with your family, with prayers, and through our worship gathering as we're together. We are looking for creative ways to build expectation. I pray God's blessings over you and I pray today you'll be encouraged and you'll encourage others. Amen.